Hey guys and welcome back to the I Think Biblically podcast. Today the topic I want to talk to you guys about is the call to ministry. And the episode I'm going to title it is going to be Fishers of Men. So in order to keep these episodes into the 15 to 20 minute form that I promised I would keep them in, I'm going to break these episodes up, I'm going to break this topic up into three different episodes. So this is going to be Fishers of Men Part 1, and Lord willing, we're going to have two other episodes onto this. But this first one, we're going to be talking about the call into the ministry, and then we're going to cover some other things into the second and third parts. But we're going to cover today the call to ministry. And into the Bible in Mark chapter 1, verse 16 it reads this, it says, As he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And something I want you to notice here in verse 17 of Mark, notice it was Jesus who called them to the ministry. They simply responded to his call. And something I want to point out, today we have many people, we have many men and women, vice versa, they are trying to call themselves into a ministry. They are trying to place themselves into the body of Christ of where they best think they would serve or where they see fit. Well, I see this is lacking, so I'm going to I'm going to pick up this little the slack in this part. And while the intention is good, to do that. You might have good intentions. You're not meaning harm by it, but ultimately what you will do, you will cause yourself damage and harm, and you will also do the body of Christ damage and harm. It must be the Lord who puts the calling upon your life. It must be Him that calls you into a ministry. You cannot take it upon yourself. He simply he lays out the call. He gives the call, and just as Simon and Andrew just as they responded, so that's the same way we must do this. Jesus gave them the call. He said, follow me, come after me. He said, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And the Bible says, straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. The Lord gives the call. He's the one that tells us the, the, the place into the body. He's the one who places us in it where he best sees fit. And we respond to that call. Many of us today... When we are trying to place ourselves in the body where we best think we belong, and again, like I said, the intention may be good, but you will only do yourself harm and the body of Christ harm. So we got to remember, beginning off, it is the Lord who places us in our ministry. We cannot take it upon ourselves to try placing ourselves where we want to be. And another verse that really drives this home is in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. It says, But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. Now listen to this. In the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Notice the words here, what was said. It was the Lord who gave Paul his ministry. He didn't say, I, I chose this for myself, this is what I felt I needed to do. But he said he received his ministry from the Lord Jesus. 
we don't just pick up what we feel like we want to do. I am not, I am an evangelist. I've said that in one of the uh, previous podcasts. I am not an evangelist because Finney had the idea, hey, I want to be an evangelist. I want to, I want to minister the word of God. Honestly, I, in myself, I probably wouldn't have because I am really shy and backwards and I have a hard time with talking to people. So I could have probably picked something that I could have maybe kind of stood back and stood in my own zone and done something a little more simple but it was the Lord who gave the call and I simply had to respond I could have tried filling another position I could have tried placing myself somewhere else in the body but again ultimately I would have done myself harm and done the body of Christ harm we must come together in harmony with other believers and allow the Lord to place us where he best sees fit for us into the body of Christ so that is number one thing. It must be the Lord who gives us our ministry. Number two, we don't just get saved and jump right to ministry. And I have seen this before. I've seen many people, they just left the altar from getting saved. And they want to jump right out and they want to go out and start preaching or or sharing the gospel and they want to start a form of ministry. They want to, again, the intention is good. The intention is good there, but we need to take time to grow. There's a growing period where we become more spiritually mature and we begin to know the Lord more deeply and intimately. We don't just get saved and then boom, jump up the next day and we go out and start preaching the gospel or jump right into doing some work for the Lord. Though you should start doing things, maybe it's handing out a gospel track or doing simple little things, testifying, simple little things, but... You don't jump straight into a ministry right off the bat. It takes time. You allow the Lord to grow you. There is a growing period where, again, where we become more spiritually mature and we know the Lord more deeply. Some of the things you should think about is it takes time to read the Word of God. Something that you should think about before really jumping into a ministry is have you truly, have you read the whole Bible through? Do you truly know the message the gospel message do you know how to present that do you know what it means do you truly know the lord do you know the doctrine upon which you stand do you know the fundamental truths that, that we stand upon that our that our whole belief system that our faith is is based upon these are simple little things that we as christians should know before trying to jump in to any ministry there needs to be a time of growth and spiritual maturity and this is the thing when we first get saved and we give our hearts to the Lord, there is a work that is beginning to take place. From that moment, we make the choice to follow the Lord and we allow Him to change our lives. There is a work that takes place right then and there and it is continued until the day we go home to be with our Lord and Savior. There is a work that takes place. So it's not, I'm not preach. I'm not trying to tell you that there is uh, this work that's going to be just completed one day. It is a gradual thing. It is progressive. But there has to be a time where we set aside, okay, I'm just, I, I can't tell nobody else nothing. I can't try to, to, to tell somebody else something. I got to get where I know it first. I can't, I couldn't sit here and do a teaching 
Right now, I couldn't do this podcast. I couldn't talk to you about the Word if I didn't know the Word somewhat myself. All I would cause is chaos and division. I couldn't do nobody no good. It took time for me to grow and mature in the Lord, and I still got a long way to go. Again, as I said, it's progressive. But again, we don't get saved and jump right into a ministry. There is a time of growing and maturing in the Lord. And I want to read you a Bible verse that really drives this home. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, it says, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Least preadventure the people repent when they see war and return to Egypt. But the Bible says, But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. There was a closer way the Lord could have took the children of Israel to the destination he was trying to get them. But he said if they would leave out of here and they would see the wars that was near, that God said they would, they would repent and they'd want to go back. They'd want to go back into Egypt. And because of this, he took them about a longer way. And we know what happened. They end up walking around the wilderness for 40 years, which was not God's initial plan. But it's because of the people's rebellion and their wickedness. This is what happened. But he didn't just take them right out of Egypt and then place them where, where he desired them to be. But there had to be a time of growing. There had to be a time of maturing that took place in them. And it, you see, it took a while. For some people, again, there's I'm not talking about, well, there's a set number on how long it takes you to grow and mature in the Lord. There should be evidence, and I will say this. If you have been saved a month, two months, maybe two years, there should be evidence in your life that you are closer to the Lord today and something has changed in you from when you first made a decision to follow the Lord when you first went down and kneeled at an altar. There should be a, a noticeable difference in your life, in your attitude, and the way you present yourself. There should be a difference. If it's, whether, like I said, a month or a year, there should be a difference. But everybody is different. Everybody grows differently. Everybody matures at different times. So I'm not giving you no set time. But we must allow the Lord to grow us and matures before we ever think about seeking a ministry and allowing Him to place us in a ministry. Another important part to our maturing and spiritual growth is the Word of the Lord. And that is that should be a no-brainer, but to some people it, it, it may not be. Maybe that's not something you thought about, but... We need the Word of God to grow and mature as the Christian men and women that God has intended us to be. First Peter two, First Peter chapter two, verse two says, "As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the Word, that ye may grow thereby." And in Colossians two and six it says, "As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him." rooted and built up in him established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving we need the word of god in our lives we and not only do we need the word of god to grow and mature but we need to be doers of the word of god you know you can hear it but it, and it, it will not have no effect it will not have no benefits upon your life but when you hear the word and then you do the word you put it into action that's where the power is at and there's a quote by oswald chambers i'd like to read he says spiritual maturity is not reached by the passing of years but by obedience to the will of god 
And that's what it takes. We need the Word of God, and then we need to learn, as men and women, how to be obedient to the Word of God. That is when we will have spiritual growth and maturity, when we learn how to be obedient to the will and Word of God. And the last thing, like I said, I'm trying to keep this short. The last thing I want to talk about is counting the cost. And what, what, what are you talking about, counting the cost? Today the world has glamorized the evangelists and the work. But I want to remind you, today they have tried to make it, they have made it so, so casual and just, they tried to make it so glamorous. You just put on your little suit, you walk in with your little, your shiny dress shoes and your little Bible and they may, everybody gives you a hand clap. You get an offering when it's done, but I want to remind you that there has been many ministers, many, many men and women of God who has been through great sufferings that they may further the kingdom of God. It did not always come easy. It was not as glamorous as what they have made it today. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4 and 5, Paul said this, he said, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. But did you hear one of the things he said? He said, endure afflictions. So if, he's t if Paul is telling Timothy to endure afflictions, that means there must be something ministers is going to face, they are going to have to go through. And today, the world has tried painting a picture that if you're a minister and you're doing the work of God, that you're, you're, just, you're never going to face an obstacle, you're never going to have an issue, you're never going to have a problem. But that is not always the case. You better count the cost. Being a minister, doing the work of God, you're not always going to be patted on the back. You're not always going to be getting the thumbs up from men. Now again, you will have the approval of God and you will be having, you will have the thumbs up from God and that is ultimately all that matters. But it's not always going to be the most popular thing to do. There's going to be hardships, there's going to be sufferings, there will be persecutions for doing the word, for doing the work and presenting and sharing the word of God. But Paul said, endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. And another verse, it says this in 2 Timothy 1 and 8, he said, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Many people today, they think just because they choose to call and administer and again, we must allow the Lord to put us into the place and place upon our lives the ministry and calling that He desires. But many people have took the calling of minister or preaching because they just they, they love the glamour about it. Oh, it's so cool! People people hold you in such high regard, and you get you get praises and you get you get hand claps and thumbs up. But here Paul says that he was a prisoner. He was facing afflictions and persecutions for the gospels sake and he told timothy he said be not ashamed of the testimony of our lord nor of me his prisoner he said but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of god and for further study because i ain't got time to go into all this for further study of the sufferings that paul a man of god doing the work of god a minister 
for a further in-depth study of this, I want you to read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and you start around verse 20 and read through, and you'll see some of the things Paul had to face. He had to face shipwreck, he faced beatings, uh, imprisonments, all these things Paul went through, but he done it to further the gospel. He endured it because of the love and of a burden that the Lord had given him. And the same way with us, how do we endure the sufferings and hardships that as a minister, and there will be times you will face them, how do we endure them? We face them and we endure them through the love and burden that the Lord has given us to endure for the gospel's sake. And the Lord will use that to, He will use it to further his kingdom. I'm going to try not to be much longer. I just got a few things I want to cover. I might go just a little bit over the 20 minute mark, but uh, forgive me if I do. Something we need, it, it must be one of the, the prime things we have in our ministry to fuel it. We need love. I want to read you something. The Second Corinthians 6 and 4 says, But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, and listen to this, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, and by love unfeigned. We need love. How do you endure the hardships and the sufferings and the persecutions? Do you know how Paul endured it? By the Holy Ghost and by love unfeigned. He had a burden and a love that was given him by the Lord because it was the Lord who placed Paul in the ministry. It was the Lord who gifted it to Paul. And along with that, the Lord gave Paul a burden and a love for the people. And it was because of that that he could endure the hardships and the afflictions to, for the gospel's sake to share it. And I want to, I, I want to remind you of another verse it's in first john 4 and 18 it says there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love and i remember uh i believe it was last year my little boy Cohen was first born, and he was having trouble breathing. He was laboring his laboring in his breathing a little more than what they wanted him to. Well, the hospital we had him in could not keep him because there was only a certain level nursery, so they had to send him somewhere that was a higher nursery. And they was they made the decision to airlift him. Now I am terrified of anything that takes you up in the air that goes real fast. I don't ride nothing at like a fair or anything like that. And I've always said I would never get into an airplane. It would have to be something serious. I've never get into an airplane or a helicopter. If the Lord intended us to fly, He would give us wings. But I remember when they said they was gonna take my little boy to St. Louis, and they said they was gonna do it by helicopter. I wanted to ride with him, and I asked him, I said, is, can I can I get into the helicopter with him? Can I go with him? Well, anyway, I could not. He had to go alone. I had to follow him in the car. But at that time, there was no fear of getting into a helicopter. There was no, there was not nothing in my mind because my love for my little boy, it got rid of that fear. Perfect love casts out fear. My love for my little boy, my concern for him, caused me to push fear to the side and caused me all I could think about was him. When we truly have a love and a burden for the people, it'll cause us to cast aside fear when we see there is people dying and going to hell 
we would the love and burden we would have from the Lord would cause us not to not to act out in fear, but it would cause us to jump into action and want to do all we could to save them. Many times we find ourselves praying for boldness to witness the people, but what we really need is a greater love because perfect love casts out fear. I remember the story, and I, I, I'm going to end after this. I remember there was a story about an evangelist, D.L. Moody. Many of you guys probably know him. There was three pastors that was jealous of D.L. Moody and the success he was having in his ministry. So one day they decided, the three pastors got together and said, we're going to invite him out to dinner and we're going to see if we can, we can get some information out of him, see why his ministry is so successful and see, see why he's having such great success and we're not. So they invited him out to dinner, they went to dinner, and he, he was going back to his hotel, and as they dropped him out to his hotel, he, he said, uh, do you guys want to come up to my room and see the view that I have overlooking the town? And they said, sure, this is perfect, we'll get him, we'll get some information out of him up here at his hotel. So they went up to his room, and he took him to the balcony overlooking the town where you could see everybody down below, he had a great, a great scenery. And he asked them, he said, when you look out, what do you see out there? The first pastor looked up and he said, I see beautiful trees out into the park. I, I see beautiful trees out there. The second pastor looked up and he said, I see a bunch of children down there playing. The third pastor looked up and he said, I see a bunch of business people walking about. And as one of the pastors looked over, they seen a tear running down D.L. Moody's face. And he said, Pastor, and he said, D.L. Moody, what... What do you see? And he said, I see thousands upon thousands of people who will die and go to hell unless they know my Lord and Savior. And that is what we need in our ministries, in our walk with the Lord today. If we are in service for the Lord and we are doing something for Him, we need a love and a burden for the people to understand their condition and their standing before the Lord. And if we have that love and that burden, and this is something, if you don't have this, every Christian should have a genuine love and burden for the lost souls. So if you as a Christian don't have this, I would highly recommend examining yourself. Truly getting down and praying and seeking the Lord and allowing Him to search you and look through you. But especially as a minister, somebody who was thinking about getting into the ministry, somebody who was thinking about doing a work for the Lord, they're all to be a love and a burden for the people. And it is something you can't manifest. They're replacing yourself, but it is something that is given by God. And we need that love. We need that love to drive us. We need that love that would cast out that fear of, of looking maybe kind of crazy or, or that fear of saying the wrong word. We need that love that would cause us, I can't help it. I gotta go, I gotta, I gotta tell them. I gotta warn them. The same way tonight, I'm probably sounding like a dummy on this podcast. But because of the love, because of my love, I want to share what I know. Because I have been set free. I was once on the road to hell. But my God saved me. And because I know know what what people would face i know what the outcome is going to be for those who don't know their for those who don't know my lord and savior jesus christ i know the truth i must share it i cannot hold it back because the perfect love will cast out fear and i've talked about all the sufferings and ending i want to read these few verses 
there is sufferings, there's hardships, but I also want to remind you what the Bible says about the ministers and those who are doing the work for the Lord. Isaiah 52 and 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings, that publisheth peace, that brings good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. And in Romans 10 and 14, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And the next verse says, And how shall they preach except they be sent? Again, we must allow the Lord to send us. We just respond. As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Through all the ups and the downs, through all the sufferings and persecutions, God has his hand of providence upon his ministers, and he uses the things that we would face and we would go through, he uses it to further his kingdom and to further the gospel. And then Paul said this, he said, but I would not... He said, But I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. That's in Philippians 1 and 12. He said, The things that happen unto me, they have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. And again, to remind you, Paul faced shipwreck, he faced uh, beatings, he faced imprisonments, he had stonings, all these things happened to him. And he said, Each and every one of them things, he said, has happened, and it has only furthered the gospel. God has his hand of providence upon each and every one of his ministers and he will use them and he will he will bring about his way if we are obedient to him and his word he will use the our our feeble and our foolish efforts to further his kingdom I appreciate each and every one of you guys for listening if you have enjoyed this podcast, I would appreciate it if you would share it with somebody else. And remember to come back next Thursday as we're going to continue into part two of Fishers of Men. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Don't you-